Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. A well-known physician, nutritionist, and serial tech entrepreneur have joined forces to combine their medicine and consumer technology expertise to launch a precision nutrition consumer health tech company that provides ultra-personalized nutrition recommendations and practical ways to get them. Joining me now is one of the founders, Dr. Melina Jampolis. Hi, Dr. Melina, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to join me. So talk to me a little bit about your background because you're an internist as well as a board certified physician nutritionist specialist. That's not very common, right? Uh, Sadly, it's not. There's only a few hundred of us in the country that are actually board certified. Um, You know, I started my career in internal medicine. I was originally board certified in internal medicine. And I very quickly realized after seven years of training that, you know, putting people on medications all day for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, just really wasn't what I wanted to do in medicine. So I spent a little bit of time in the Bay Area with a startup medical device company doing some research in um, with a nutrition related, uh, ironically, gastroenterology. Uh, And then uh, by accident, actually got a job doing physicals at a weight loss clinic. And I realized that through nutrition, which we weren't doing that much, but I could really profoundly change people's lives and improve their health without medication. And so, you know, this was back in the early 2000s and 2001. And, you know, there really wasn't any training for physicians. There still isn't. So I kind of embarked on this journey of self-training. And then I found this board that had just been created to become a board certified physician nutrition specialist. And I studied for months and read textbooks and uh, never looked back. That's been my career. And I focused exclusively on food as medicine and uh, the idea that we could really profoundly impact people's health through better eating choices. Yeah, that idea is becoming very mainstream now. But back when you did that, I mean, it wasn't very common for someone to be that proactive, right? It was a very reactive environment. Yeah, I mean, honestly, not a lot of physicians took me very seriously, to be quite frank. And and it was, you know, a lot of just trying to find those physicians who were like-minded and also the, the wonderful, intelligent dietitians and PhDs in nutrition who were really trying to push the field and joining forces as much as possible, going to conferences with, you know, like-minded people. But even today, in the outpatient setting, which is what I do, not inpatient nutrition, you know, where it's nutrition support and and things like that. There are still very few truly credentialed physicians in the outpatient setting. And so, yes, food as medicine is popular in the mainstream, but still among physicians, it's it's a challenge to get them to take it seriously. And it just shocks me because every single disease with a few exceptions has a nutrition component whether it's in the initiation of the disease or the prevention or improving the management i'm not saying that food can cure everything but the fact that uh, physicians are still so kind of not blind but not open to the fact that nutrition should be a part of every disease management in their office. You know, it, it's still it's still disappointing. But luckily, you know, one of the, the White House Conference on Nutrition, 
one of the you know seven goals is really to improve physician education because I think the, it needs to come from the physician to trickle down into all of medical care. So I'm, I'm hoping that that will happen. You know, I'm working very hard on the front lines, you know, to try to make that happen. But in the meantime, I'm launching a company to try to give people access to really high quality nutrition information. And that's what AHARA is. Yeah, I was just going to ask. So how did you and your co-founder come up with this idea for this sort of food first personalized nutrition solution? Well, it's it's funny because it's what I've been doing in my office and and really trying to push the envelope in in terms of precision nutrition. So we know that there is no one size fits all when it comes to nutrition. And I think that's partially responsible for all the headlines that one day eggs are good, the next day they're bad. One day salt is good, the next day it's bad, you know. So I've been obviously talking the talk and walking the walk in terms of food as medicine for over a decade and trying to make it more precise just in my office saying that the same interventions didn't work the same for everybody. And Julie, my co-founder, has been always on a constant journey for improving her health naturally and has always believed in what I did and was, you know, taking all these tests and, and you know, that she saw on Instagram or, you know, that sort of thing and kept coming. She's like, I don't understand what they're telling me to do. I have high cholesterol. And one of them just told me I need to eat a cup of cheese every week. I What what gives? <laughs> and, and so I was constantly, you know, trying to advise her on how to navigate all these tests, some of which had some good evidence, but most of which just were not robust enough to really be actionable from a medical nutrition standpoint standpoint. So so she came to me last summer and took me to lunch. I still remember it, you know, and she's like, so, you know, and she had just come off. She was just in the process of leaving the real real, which was obviously a huge, you know, she took the company public for $2.4 billion, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So seasoned entrepreneur, it's 11th company. Um, and she said, you know, I really think we should make a company out of this. This is what you already do. You already know it. You know, you could make this accessible to, you know, not hundreds or thousands, but hundreds of thousands. And and she kind of talked me into it. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, you know, at this stage in my life doing a startup with, you know, I have kids that are eight and 11 and I really wanted to spend time with them. But it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up and to be able to really cut through to the best science in the most practical, actionable way to implement. I just couldn't say no. And then, you know, it it was we were off and running. (laughs) Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about the science and some of the technology that your company leverages. Sure, absolutely. Well, let's start with the science because it's pretty, you know, on the surface, it's pretty complex, but we combine nutrigenetics, which is obviously the genetic basis of how we metabolize nutrients, how we break them down, how we absorb them, all different aspects. Genetically, there's variability between the people. So we start with that, but we were very rigorous in the areas of the genes, they're called SNPs, that we choose. So a lot of companies, you know, are really saying, oh, we can tell you exactly what to eat based on your DNA. And that's simply not true. We're not there with the science. We probably never will be because of the complex interaction of different genes. But so we start with genetics and then we look at something called epigenetics, 
which is above the gene, which is how genes are turned on and off. And that is a very new and very exciting area of medicine. And that tells us a little bit about aging, how cells are aging, how they're being turned on and off, your rate of aging. And it's very predictive of chronic disease. And then we look at select biomarkers. So the endpoints of all that we're looking at. So, and in particular, we look at unique things like uh, the amount of omega-3s in your red blood cells. So everybody knows that omega-3s are good for you, that we should be eating more salmon, but are we really having enough to have an impact on our health? And so as you can imagine, that's a pretty complex data set for even a human being to interpret. So we hired one of the top data scientists, uh, an expert in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Through machine learning and artificial intelligence, we're going to be able to make it better and better and better for the individual and the population in in its whole because we'll be able to learn more about large data sets through the platform. So it's unbelievably exciting. And I've brought on a, you know, a team of world-class advisors in nutrition because they're so excited about this data science component of it. Everybody talks about AI and machine learning is changing the world, but unless you have a human in the loop, it doesn't work quite so well. And we started with the human in the loop and this is AI enabled. So that combination is really unique and exciting. And not only is it gonna help with the care of the individual, but it's really gonna grow the science of precision nutrition. And honestly, I'm as excited about that as I am about helping people on an individual basis. Yeah, I'm looking at your advisory board right now. One name is familiar to me, Dr. Taylor Wallace. I've actually had him on the NutriCast. So it looks like you've got a, a pretty impressive team there. Yeah, and Taylor, I, I adore. He's been a good friend. We've we were actually on a board together in the past, and that's how we met. And from a you know supplement and vitamin and mineral standpoint, I mean, there's nobody better, you know, that has that broad knowledge. And and we do have supplements, even though it's a food first company. We strongly believe that we need the best supplements to fill in the gaps to provide nutrients that you can't get in appreciable doses from food. And so, you know, Taylor has been with me from the beginning. Of of this company and has helped not only with the algorithm development, which is patent pending, but also is is very, very involved in, in the, the supplement, you know, what we choose to do and how we choose to do it. And he was very involved in the formulation of what I believe is the world's first food first multivitamin, which means I specifically chose not to do 100% of everything so that people would be forced to still eat because, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that just taking a multivitamin is a shortcut to health, then they don't need to work on the food too. So I really do have active advisors that are helping me. They're not just there for show. And Taylor is one of the most active. Wow. I did not know about the the dietary supplement aspect of it. So how does that work? Do, Do people get sort of individualized packs? They do not get individualized packs yet, although that's something that I definitely want to look at in the future, but they get customized supplement recommendations. So when they fill out the robust questionnaire, even if they don't do any testing with us, they will get a report that gives them their key nutrients, what they need to focus on based on their health priorities and their health symptoms and their health history. And along with those nutrition recommendations, they will get a list of supplement recommendations that are 
personalized, again, to their specific health goals, whether it's brain health, heart health, metabolic health, gut health, immune health, and even fitness, and their symptoms. What are they really struggling with? Insomnia, poor exercise recovery, mood issues, skin aging. So they will get personalized supplement recommendations along with the food first approach to really guide them in eating for optimal health and for their specific concerns and health history. Mm-hmm. Ahara just launched its beta launch, and also last year it got over $10 million in funding led by Graycroft. What are your plans with the funding? Really, our goal was to hire the best possible tech team and a small, robust nutrition team, although, you know, a lot of it is is just led by me, to create a product that was, you know, really extraordinary in terms of the experience and the comprehensiveness. And the complexity of what we've built in a short period of time is really astounding. So, um, you know, that's been a, a lot of the funding has been really geared towards, you know, hiring the best, most seasoned tech team possible, in addition to the data scientist who's really extraordinary and has helped me build this patent pending AI enabled algorithm that is is part of the beta. Yeah. OK. And as two female founders, I have to ask, you know, was it difficult raising capital? Absolutely, it was. You know, the the it and it's shocking to me because Julie ha, is such a proven entrepreneur. It wasn't difficult getting the lead investor because the lead investors were also women, which is super cool. So that was great, and they got it right away. And they said we want to lead the round, but the rest of it was really hard to fill in, which was shocking. And and, and frankly, it it just you know, if Julie had been a male, I think we would have gotten you know twice the money in half the time, you know, so um, it really it's still I mean, less than 3% of VC funding goes to female led companies. And that was very clear with everybody that we met with, if it was a male with her track record, you know, there's just no way we would have had to do as many pitches as we did to to close the round, which we finally did, of course. But it's really it's really disappointing, and, and that the landscape hasn't changed that much. But thankfully, we were we ended up getting over eleven million dollars, and you know a lot of that is attributed to the fact that she's a seasoned entrepreneur. I mean, you know, this isn't her first rodeo, and and you know they say investors invest in in kind of you know the team, and it doesn't get much better as a leader who can execute than her. Yeah, it's just so shocking, though. Like you said, she's so well known for you guys to have to do that many pitches and work so hard to get some funding. Yeah, it really was. I, I, after we got the uh, our, our lead investors so quickly again, who were women and they were early investors in the real real, so they were very aware of of Julie's. Um, it, it, I just can't even tell you how many meetings we went to in LA and I, we both got really burnt out to be candid and we took a little break and then kind of re-engaged and you know it all worked out but it really is and and for me with my I mean I've been in this field for 22 years I've written five books I hosted a TV show for Discovery I was the president of the National Board of Physician Nutrition Specialists I'm still on their board I mean, for the two of us in in our respective fields, it doesn't really get much more experienced. So it 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 was shocking, but you know, it's in the past. So we're we're here and we're just focusing on you know proving all those people who you know weren't really interested in early on how amazing this is going to be. Exactly, shame on them. You exactly. are you are a host of the Practically Healthy podcast as well. 
In a world full of influencers, are you finding that consumers want advice from actual medical experts like yourself? I wish I could answer yes to that question, um, but unfortunately, I think it's it's astounding to me the power of social media in in shaping you know nutrition advice, and it's really sad because it does a disservice to nutrition as a medical therapeutic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to uh, you know, and there are some good personal trainers, uh, not to, you know, but to just people who read about nutrition or journalists or physicians that are not experts in nutrition and have no formal training or certification just to filter through the complexity. If you're on TikTok looking for advice, uh, it's just not the same. But I think the problem is there's not enough doctors that are vocal and certainly not enough doctors that, that are in those medias. You know, I mean, I think I'm unusual. I mean, I love the podcast. I love the Practically Healthy podcast. I, I I really am not a big fan of Instagram and TikTok. I just, it's not my jam. I'm too old for that. And I just don't, <laughs> I don't have the time. It's a full-time job. I'd rather be doing research and, and building companies than, you know, posting what I had for breakfast and why it's good for me every day, you know? I mean, so... I think it's I think it's tough. And I even think within the field of precision nutrition, I think one of the new things about Ahara is that I'm a clinician. I still see patients. I'm not a researcher. I'm not an influencer. I'm not just a business person. I'm actually seeing patients and I'm held to my own different standard, but with also medical, you know, do first do no harm. That was what why I agreed to join Julius because I really felt like I had a responsibility as somebody with true training in nutrition and expertise to be a thought leader in this field. And the the podcast, you know, I interview other experts and I interview some influencers and, and people who maybe don't have the credentials, but I push back on them and I ask them questions that, you know, get to the heart of uh, the truth of what we're trying to do. So, you know, that's why I do the podcast still is because I think it's important to get that kind of information out there and then translate it into a practical way, because a lot of scientists and researchers, they're wonderful for the field. But if you don't translate into what somebody does at the dining room table, the information is just information and it's really not practical. So that was my goal with the podcast. Yeah, and clearly it's catching on. You've got a a pretty good following there. Um, Before I let you go, what's next for Ahara? Is there any other news or updates or anything um, that are coming up that you're looking forward to? Well, we're starting our beta this week. And I mean, the goal is really just to drive the features, drive the science. We're going to be continually adding in evidence-based tests that are, you know, to help guide the precision. And then, as we said, the more people that are involved, the more we're going to be able to learn and grow the field of precision nutrition. So I'm very excited about that. And then on the tech side, you know, in terms of really being able to hone in on the menu and and the new, like just taking, can you imagine going into a restaurant and taking a picture of a menu and it being able to tell you you know, really what the best choices are for you. And then you can make a decision, but I think it's empowering. So on the tech side, the AI side, and then just the diagnostic side, I think we're going to be continually innovating and growing and it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty exciting ride. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on Ahara. Dr. Melina Jampolis, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. 
If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.